something a bloodbath. Have we got your attention? of Hitchcock and the other masters. Welcome, Gravediggers, to the podcast by the Cemetery Comic Book Shop. We're your clerks, Scott. I'm Randall. And the man over there that just came back from his vacation with getting married to a severed head is Tim. I, what? Oh, God. Uh, hey, what's up? <laughs> but we don't have... Uh, I'm sorry to tell y'all, but we do not have any Marvel or DC comics. How much is this copy of the Infinity Gauntlet? Look, get the hell out of here. We do not have Marvel. Oh, sorry. But what we do have is Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror and all the darker and more obscure comic books. So tonight, we'll be starting with uh, what we've been up to this week, uh, horror news of the week, what we've been watching and playing, Randy's Tunes from the Crypt, and then we will be reviewing uh, The Cemetery Man from 1993 and Virus from 1999. Am I correct? I think so, yeah. <clears throat> so, yep, get your shovels handy and let's dig in. Woo! So, guys, what have you been up to all week? I moved. Again. Well, hopefully this will be the last time now. <clears throat> yeah, for a while anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I changed things at work, you know, so different stuff at work's going on, but... uh. Just uh, been chilling at home on my days off. Yeah, yeah, that's sounds about right. That's pretty much what I've been up to. But as a whole, the podcast has some exciting news. Ooh. We are now proud members of the Legion Podcast Network. All right. Yeah. Yay. So. Does that mean we have groupies? Maybe eventually. <laughs> All right. Do well, we get like a company car and shit like that now? I'll have to find out about that. Like a company hearse? Yeah, we're now... Are they going to pay for my drugs? Yes. Yes. Sure. I'll, I'll see about that one as well. Good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Good. But now we're it's alongside the likes vital of... Vital podcast, uh, you know, uh, we need it. <laughs> that is true. And now we are uh, in line with uh, Cinema PsyOps, uh, Hail Ming Power Hour, Under My Wheels... Uh, short bus cinema. You're just saying random words now. Yeah. <laughs> this is, what? What are these? Are these the other podcasts? Yep. Podcasts under the stairs. Ooh, um, that sounds fun. Yeah. There's a lot of great shows on this network, so we're happy to be on this network and be a part of this family. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, and hopefully you all accept us like we've been wanting to. But uh, <laughs> that sounded terrible. But anyways. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, we should be uh, jumping into the horror news of the week then, guys. <clears throat> right. Yay. Okay. So, one of the first things that I'd seen that I thought we should bring up, uh, the Creep Show is getting a TV series on Shudder. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. That's going to be an not, anthology series. That's so stupid. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not cool with that, really. I mean, this is just... A minor trend right now is taking an old horror something or other and making it a TV show. You know. See, I have higher hopes because it's on Shutter because that means they can do anything they want. 
Which the only thing I've seen from Shudder so far was that Revenge movie, and it was ass. So that's true. But you know, Netflix also didn't start off with great stuff either. It took them time to grow. So maybe was, just... a, was that Hollister show on Shudder? <coughs> no, Holliston. No, that was oh, on uh, yeah. Fearnet. Okay, that was an entertaining show. Oh. Somebody should pick that back up. That was fun. Yeah, it well, was okay. It's fucking awesome. Fuck you. It's okay. I, I was entertained. But uh, yeah. Ho- no, Halston, I believe, is getting a third season very soon. Uh, they're just uh, working on the rights of, like, if they can keep the name and then. We're just where working it's on the fact that they had no idea where they were going with it, and yeah, just kind of left it up in the air with a <laughs> goddamn zombie attack or something. I can't even remember. Yeah. Either way, I'm excited for whenever that comes back. But anyways, yeah, not, we're sorry. not talking about Halston, but Off we're talking topic. about Creep Show. But yeah, we're I'm talking about Creep Show. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> the last time somebody tried. To like defibrillate creep show, we got creep show three. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, not too stoked about this. I'm more on a. I'm excited to see what it could be because I could see the possibilities being really cool. But like, I was pretty glad when the whole tales from the crypt thing fell through because I didn't really want to oh, see that, that was happen gonna be either. Bad, though that was. Uh... What else is in the news? Uh, but yeah, the, uh. We also found out that MGM decided it is going to reboot Child's Play with a technologically enhanced doll, and it's not going to be starring oh. Brad Dorif. Or... I saw that, yeah. And oh, that's not This good. is going on along the time that they're making the TV series right. with Brad Dorif and Another TV what? series really? cash yeah. in on, yeah. Okay. What's the point of that? But I mean, with that one, at least the director's behind it too, so it's his story going to be continued. But, yeah, having MGM reboot this in the middle of them trying to do a TV series. That is really weird. One or the other is probably going to get killed off, and I would think that would probably be the TV show. Yeah, I'm not sure how it'll go, but... Studio has the power, man. That is true. That is very true. But, uh, yeah, I'm not even sure what to think about this, because apparently... Well, the same thing happened a couple of years ago when... That Neil Blomkamp guy was supposed to do an Alien movie or whatever, and then Ridley yeah. Scott was like, "No, I'm gonna ruin Alien." Right? It's <laughs> my movie to ruin. Man, uh... oh, Child's Play though. This just seems ridiculous because apparently it's already like getting ready to be shot this like by the end of the summer and should be out in like a couple months yeah, so they're well just then, doing some type of cash in rest there. in peace uh, to the TV show so is like the guy who owns the intellectual property like selling both of them or something like that just like I'm gonna double cash in no no Don Mancini the guy that directed all every, or been a part of every single child's play he's actually directing the TV series and everything he's just moving over to the TV side with Brad Dorff but somebody he's gotta be making some money off of the movie part of it not necessarily who owns, I mean, who MGM, owns, I MGM, think MGM probably rights. still maintains. It's just, it's just weird. So they're going to make money off both of them then, probably. Yeah, right. I would, think, I would think that they're the ones that are going to cash in the most on this. Huh. Yeah, but this is yeah, this is total greed and just uh, it's just going to bomb terribly. Uh, but then next, we ended up uh, hearing about Joe Bob Briggs after the success from Shutter is going to be coming back. Yay, Good. That was yeah, fun. That's cool, yeah. man. Dude totally crashed the server, what, like five yeah. times? Oh, the whole Broke fucking 24-hour mm. marathon. Some people couldn't get on until the final episode, or the final movie. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, luckily Shudder decided to re 
replay the whole marathon the next weekend, but it just didn't seem quite as right since it was Friday the 13th. It right. worked perfectly. Yeah, that, guy's, that guy was funny. Yeah, yeah we'll be talking more him. about him during the, what we've been watching because that's pretty much my list of movies. Um, but then, next one that I'd seen was Ari Aster, the director of Hereditary, is already got his next project in the works, and it's a Scandinavian folk horror film about pagan cults. That's pretty rad. I love huh. folk horror, like Wicker Man and Sen and Tunchi and stuff like that. I'm yeah. a sucker for folk stories. Well, hell, The Witch is kind of like a folklore story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, and just the way that everything was shot with Hereditary, you could see it benefiting with like a folklore-style horror film. Oh, if you haven't seen Sen and Tunchi, watch that movie. Like, I haven't seen that. Tomorrow. So. Uh, ooh, I haven't seen it either. Yay! Yeah, we got something we can watch together. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, we might as well. Fuck it. Right? But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, and that's just awesome to show that there were enough... Uh, like enough praise was given to Hereditary that he's already moving on to his next project. Yeah, man, that uh, that was a really really good movie. I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, and I know it's coming I out real soon. And saw it again in theater. So did I. But yeah, I know it's coming. I think September seventh is when it's going to be getting released on That's physical cool. media. Birthday. All right, so our next news piece is going to be. Scream Factory announcing the... Everything. Scream Factory? More like Scheme Factory. <laughs> hey, you remember all those movies that you bought from Anchor Bay 10 or 15 years ago? Well, we put them on Blu-ray for you. Oh, that's good. Uh, why, why are you hating on Scream Factory? I'm <laughs> uh, just, you know, it's breaking balls. That's what, yeah. I, that's what that's I do. What you, I say, that's what you do. I mean, you do hate everything, so... <laughs> I love so much stuff. Do you? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've seen my media room. That's true. It's very, very true. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, like they actually announced a whole bunch of awesome titles during uh, that comic convention. And first off, they had to compete with uh, Arrow, or they were also working alongside Arrow, but releasing Candyman as a collector's edition. On Already own it on DVD. Uh huh. But with Candyman, I think I might want that one with all the special features and stuff. Keep going. Uh. Sleepwalkers on Blu-ray. Already own it on DVD. <laughs> Single white female. Don't own it on DVD. <laughs> Wait, yes I do. Do you really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, uh, how about Urban Legend and Urban Legend Final Cut? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's like, they do stuff like that, and it's like, who is that for? You know, who's going to buy that one? People who watched those crappy movies in the 90s. I guess. Yeah, well, you got to remember, there are people that grew up in the 90s, like, that we where we grew up in the eighties and that's what they that was their introduction to horror. You gotta think of it that way. It has its place whether we like it or not. Fair onward. Uh, next is Saturday the fourteenth. That one I'm kind of interested in. I don't have that one. I don't even know if that is available on DVD. I've never seen uh, it. It was available on DVD. I'd seen it, but I think it might be out of print. Okay. But this was the one I was really happy for and excited for, and that's. The Critters four movie box set. I already have them on DVD. I do too, but <laughs> fuck, dude, that this is just gonna be an awesome collector set. Huh. Uh, then we got the Craft coming out on Blu-ray. That's gonna get, a, I think, a collector's edition as well. I already have it on DVD. I've never seen it. Oh wait, no, the Craft. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've got to have seen. I've that. seen that. Yeah. Uh, then, Dead uh, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night two. So, I already have it on DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one though. Uh, I might double dip for that because I do. The only way I have that one is 
as a second feature on the Silent Night, Deadly Night DVD that I have. So, right. Uh, that one, I, yeah, I'm excited to because I want to get that one eventually at some point. Uh, then next was Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Hmm. Already have it on DVD. Never uh, seen it. But that is it's that's a weird Hammer film to choose. Like, it, I think it's like the third one, the third Hammer Dracula film. Yeah, see, that's where my knowledge of horror is kind of lacking, is in the well, horror or the Hammer. It's okay. So it's God. It might be the fourth one. Because Horror of Dracula is the first one. And then I think it's Dracula has risen from the grave and then taste the blood of Dracula and then Dracula Prince of Darkness might be the fourth one. So I don't know. I see I'm a little hazy on the order of those two, but it's just kind of odd that they chose like one of the later ones, you know. Right. Like oh, out of all the Hammer horror films we could have Maybe released, that's all they could get their hands on for a Maybe, now. yeah. Like maybe someone else has the Anchor rights. Anchor Bay is probably being pretty stingy about the the rights to those. Yeah, but then next we have another 90s classic and <laughs> Screamers. <coughs> that oh, one's all right. Randy's dying. He's choking on his beer. I choke on my beer. <laughs> that one, that's kind of weird. Like, like, but that's you know, the one with Peter Weller, right? Yeah. yeah I haven't yeah, seen that one since I was a kid. I don't really remember it much. Neither do I. But I mean, you know, I'm just happy a lot of these are getting Blu-rays anyways, just because they're finally updating like even the old stuff that no one really cared for. Or you know what would be about. cool if they did would be like something like the subspecies movies or I don't know, man. See, I think the subspecies movies is caught up with Full Moon. I bet you Full Moon has them on. Uh, well, Blu-ray. then they need to fucking put them out. God damn it. I mean, I got to give them props. They did release Mad Foxes for us back on DVD. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then 10 to Midnight with Charles Bronson. That movie rules. Charles Bronson. But... Twilight Time already did a really nice Blu-ray of that, like, I don't know, not even a year ago. Oh, there's no point in having two Blu-ray releases or something. So so some collectors do like to have, like, different Steam style releases. Factory on. <laughs> Unless it's, uh, like, somehow better, somehow. I can't imagine how. Well, like, maybe they different, different special features. Twilight uh, Time usually doesn't have much in the way of special okay, features. Okay, so, so. It's, it's all about the bonus stuff. And uh, then the final one that was announced at Comic-Con was John Carpenter's Starman. That one I'm pretty interested in. I had a DVD version of it, but it was like full frame and I didn't even watch it. I just listed it on eBay and sold it because hmm. I didn't want to have like a, I fi- a full frame version of a film is like a misrepresentation of art. So unless it, it was like one of those like shot in full mat like right. <clears throat> and then they did just recently announce, like the, earlier this week, that we're getting a uh, Naked Vengeance or a two-part one, Naked Vengeance with Vendetta. That's pretty exciting. Mm. Um, it would have been cooler to announce on our last episode, the Rape Revenge episode, but right. If if you're like, God, I hate to say it, a fan of exploitation rape revenge films, <laughs> that's you know, it's kind of a dubious subgenre to be a fan of or whatever, but. Naked Vengeance is kind of like one of those cron jewel movies. Like, even the VHS was expensive for a long time, so the fact that it's finally coming to disc is pretty cool. Yeah, but I knew you were really excited by the way you were talking about it and posting about it, and then me and like everybody else seemed to like scream about the other announcement, yeah, that which was... was Munchies, and it's 
Munchies. Ungodly bad sequel, Munchies. Oh, I'm sorry. Munchies, ungodly bad sequel. Does, yeah, that, that's saying something. Is that to imply that the first one is like... Oh, the first one's fucking terrible, yeah. but there's something enjoyable about it that I just love. It's just, but it's bad. I, I, I admit it, it is terrible, but yeah. that does make me happy because that's one of my childhood films. I love yeah. how one of the munchies sounds like Jack Nicholson for some reason. Yeah. Never seen it. Oh, dude. It's, we may have to make you watch that one someday because I would like to do it in our, review it in our style. Okay, so out of all of those movies that Scream Factory announced like the one there's there's only one that i'm really excited about and it's not even a horror movie it's starman right well for me i'm excited for quite a few of those because i don't like some of them i do own but some of them i'll be willing to upgrade right you know i might upgrade my candy man because it's like you know i paid fucking what 10 bucks for that dvd fucking 20 years ago almost so right maybe i'll upgrade that or whatever but there are still so many movies that have never seen the light of day on disc, like The Borrower or The Kindred or, you know, stuff like that, that has been on my wish list forever. Right. But there I... still isn't a nice fucking widescreen, you know, mad grandiose version of Trick or Treat. You can only get that shitty little fucking public domain version of that movie. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but that's the thing. I have a feeling that because that one, unfortunately, I hear is tied up because of the rights partly yeah, owned by Fastway rights. and stuff like that. And but like everything else, I have a feeling will eventually make it to the to Blu-ray or because you know it's <clears throat> 4K is now starting to seep in, so it's going to take a long time before anybody wants like some of this harder to find stuff on 4K. Well, so fingers crossed. Blu-ray. I mean, like, the unnameable is finally coming out on Blu-ray, so who knows what'll happen. Right. Huh. There have been some surprising little hidden gems that have finally made it to Blu-ray that, yeah, just give it time. I'm sure that we'll get them. But then, one final piece of news, and this is, I'm only bringing up because I brought it up, I believe, on our very first episode on what I've been playing with uh, God of War. Uh, apparently, news broke today that digital sales for its launch month in April hit 131 million dollars wow that's a lot and just digital sales not not even the physical copies that are out there yeah that's crazy yeah so i just wanted to say that's just fucking awesome that game deserves like that to make that much and yeah that's that that was just something cool i thought i wanted to bring up cool but uh, one thing I did forget to do earlier is I forgot to bring us into the segment of what we've been drinking and smoking before we jumped into our uh, yeah. news of the week. I know. I already finished my beer. We were uh, drinking. Randy brought over this thing called Elysian Space Dust IPA. Uh, and me and my laptop both enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> yeah. Your laptop. He spilled it on his own laptop. Don't, he, yeah. you know, don't let him... He kind of make trying to make it sound like it's, I dumped it on his laptop. It's all right. This this, this is, we're still know. we're still using the old laptop, just so to, it's all good. It fun. wasn't Randall. It was me, my klutzy ass. There we go. <laughs> so this Silesian stuff is brewed in Seattle, Washington. It's pretty good. It's really hoppy. Kind of a sweet taste to it as well. It's uh, it was good. I liked it. Eight point two ABV. So nice. And I'm not really that big of a fan of IPAs. I'm more of a stout and uh, port, uh, porter. But uh, 
This is actually really good. I do like this one a lot. Yeah. And we're smoking nice. Hey Dave again. Hey, hey Dave. Dave. This is one of my favorites. I think that was on our first episode, too. <laughs> yeah, Dave's not here, man. Dave's not here, man. But, uh, yeah, after that, I guess we can jump into what we've been watching and playing. I have a really what have you been a really short what have you been watching list oh, this time. Because, me too. Because of the move and everything. Yeah, so do I. Like mine literally can be summed up in one night, and that was literally. Friday the thirteenth, the Joe Bob Briggs last drive in marathon. Yeah. On Shutter. Which we were talking about earlier. Literally broke Shutter. Nothing not hardly anybody could get on. It took us at least an hour to log on. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking Good long time. We were sitting there refreshing it, refreshing it, nothing. The nice thing is when we finally got on that it just started from the beginning instead of like two hours into it. Yeah, well, that's because you said uh, you think I found some weird like loophole in Shutter where I ended up mm. finding the movies where they're on demand individually with yeah. his commentary, which you, weren't supposed to be available. You, you were just like lucky and you fucking fell into like the awesome spot. Yeah, and so I Either way, it worked. watched them individually from there, starting with Tourist Trap. I had never seen Tourist Trap before. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I kind of enjoyed it. The the whole, like, last third of the movie just goes fucking weird. But, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. And then Joe Bob and, uh, coming in, like, kind of like on a commercial break and would just, like, talk, like, a lot of knowledge about the films and stuff like that and just have some fun commentary and then go back to the movie. Um, then, right after that, one of my favorites, Sleepaway Camp. And then, after Sleepaway Camp was done, uh, next up was Rabid. So I got to watch that for my second time, and I like it a little more than I did the first time. Hmm. So, it's a Cronenberg film that I, like, was not a big fan of at first. It's a good one, as far as, like, I mean, it's basically an unconventional vampire film. Yeah. Armpit vagina monster. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an armpit vagina penis vampire. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Really, really weird. Um, Starring 70s porn queen Marilyn Chambers. But then we ended up, uh, or I ended up falling asleep, but I guess I missed uh, Daughters in Darkness and... uh, Daughters of Darkness. Or Daughters of Darkness. You Philistine. Uh, (laughs) And Sorority Girls of the Slime Bowl Bolarama. Those two played while I passed out. But then I woke up to an awesome movie, and that was Blood Feast. Oh, man. Um, have you seen that newest Blood Feast remake? Not yet. That is something I want to check out out of curiosity. I yeah. haven't seen the original. I mean, how many times does Blood Feast need to be remade? Right. Between, like, Mardi Gras Massacre and Blood Sucking Pharaohs and Philadelphia Diner. and Blood Diner and Blood Feast 2, I would feel like we've covered that one enough times. Yeah. I'm still curious. <laughs> I might watch it out of just boredom one day. Uh, it's like universally panned. There were DVD oh, really? and Blu-ray copies of it at Disc Replay today. Oh shit, really? <laughs> yeah, I almost grabbed it for three bucks, but I didn't think it was worth it. Right. Well, after that was another awesome '80s or another awesome <coughs> uh, classic, and that was a uh, Basket Case. Yay! Fucking hmm. love Basket Case. I have seen that movie thanks to a fr- mutual friend of ours, Matt, from back in the day. Oh yeah, Basket Case rules, but. Brain damage is better. Ah, Frankenhooker's better than all. You're stupid. Don't. You're stupid. That's dumb. I fucking love Frankenhooker. Yeah, it's good, but brain damage <laughs> just, like, kicks the shit out of it. I mean, brain damage and Frankenhooker are my top two for sure of Hen and Lauder's films. Okay. But, uh, and then after that, another all-time classic, Reanimator. 
Oh yeah, that's a great movie. One of my favorites. Yep, that is like that was awesome being able to watch that again. I saw um, that one in a theater once, so it was cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like the fact that this was on a marathon just because it's like, oh, 24 hours of horror films, and they're just getting better and better as the time went Did on. Did they tell you what they were going to show? Or Only, was it like a surprise every It was time? supposed to be a surprise, but like I said, I stumbled across that weird uh, section in Shudder where I wasn't supposed to be where I found each film individually. Oh, right. And I kind of seen what was coming. Scott knew the secret. I don't know how that happened, but that was kind of cool. Uh, but then next up was Demons. Which, that movie's fucking awesome. Hmm. Uh, And then Hellraiser, which, fucking awesome. And then the final one to end the night is the crazy Spanish wackadoo Pieces. That one rules. I I stumbled back in for that one. I mean, Scott watched all those fucking movies. He is insane just sitting there on the TV all weekend, basically. I know all my, I knew friends that watched the whole 24 hours. Pieces is ba- if like if you haven't seen Pieces, Pieces is basically a fucking shoestring budget like lowbrow remake of Maniac. It was hilarious, just shit insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually <laughs> like the <laughs> random karate instructor dude <laughs> jumping out and attacking yeah. that woman and being like, "Oh, sorry, bad chop suey." Like yeah. what? That <laughs> was great. Leaves. That was so good. I don't know. Yeah, you should watch that movie. If the you like int- this kind the, of the part in the beginning where the girl's skateboarding and she skateboards through the glass. glass. Like, what? what no, no, <laughs> no reason for that. Okay. Yeah, it just <laughs> happened. Whatever. It's pretty much what triggers the killer, but that there's no reason to why that, that would happen. But, oh, uh, yeah, that, but yeah, that movie is just fucking awesome and insane. But that I thought that was a perfect way to end uh, the whole marathon. But that basically... Oh! I did last night watch uh, the three episodes of Castle Rock that are out right now. Uh, huh. Oh, okay. How was that? Eh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, That's I kind what of I exp- uh, like the first episode didn't hook me. A lot of cool little like nods, like you just got to pay attention to. If you're a big Stephen King fan, you might catch them. Yeah. They're like kind of like well, I don't, come and go. They don't. Like, I don't want to watch me. fucking Stephen King member berries, man. Remember <laughs> Cujo? Well, no, they like literally like. Remember Christine? In the three episodes, though, they like literally, it would be like a quick mention of something that happened and then just move on. They wouldn't like focus on it or be like, remember this? It'd just be like something that happened in Castle Rock. Like, uh, like they, one of the sheriffs was talking about an incident with a dog, but didn't say Cujo. Remember when you had dog? Remember when that guy buried in the cemetery? Once again, Randy hates everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on, man. I mean, this just... Uh, <laughs> I know, but... There's no. already something that exists that references every single thing in the Stephen King universe, and it's called the Dark Tower book series. So but go ahead Dark and go Tower read it. Dark Tower is just so hard for a lot... Like, that one just i think it's a lot harder for people to get into cuz it is so fucking weird. Yeah. Well, you know, it's massive and expansive and the finest piece of fantasy fiction ever written. So go read that and who cares about Castle Rock? And yeah, fucking I, what what which Skarsgård is in it? Your favorite, Bill. Scooby Doo one? <laughs> yep. Does he sound like Scooby Doo? No, he he barely actually has said a word in the three episodes. You want a balloon, Georgie? Oh god, <laughs> not that again. <laughs> but no, he he's in it like for all three episodes so far, like a main focus, but he's barely spoken. Like, uh, and it's good. 
People are, I, I doubt this is going to happen, and if so, I'd be sad, but people are kind of thinking, like, maybe he might be Randall Flagg. Oh, God. Don't like, say that. But I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping, like, Randall Flagg doesn't even get mentioned in this, because uh, was he ever really involved in anything that happened in Castle Rock? Mm, not that I can think of. I mean, his influence is, like, in everything in the Tower universe, so, like, maybe the events of Insomnia or whatever were somewhat could be credited to him or whatever, but... Right. The only books that he's, like, physically present in are the Dark Tower books and The Stand, the Stand and Eyes of the, of the Dragon... And I think it gets brief mentions in a couple other books, but, like, just brief mentions. Hmm. But, yeah, I might watch another episode to see if it will get any better. But after that, the last three, I'm just like, it just, eh, wasn't. I didn't feel, like, hooked right away, so He's not I'm not having it. high hopes. Remember the shiny? <laughs> oh, but anyways, <laughs> fucking squeaky voice member Barry man, what have you been watching? We watched uh, Jason Lives on Friday the 13th. That was the one that we chose to watch. Okay, yep, that's awesome. <coughs> Jason Lives is fucking great. But yeah, I, I forgot to mention what I, I did watch, Never Hike Alone on Friday the 13th. It's my uh, third favorite of the Friday films. My, you know, my favorites are just the Tommy Jarvis trilogy in order. I really wish that someone would have wrapped that up at some point. I have a pretty cool treatment that wraps the Tommy Jarvis story up nicely, but, you know, that's never going to happen, so <laughs> whatever. That would be freaking sweet, though. Uh, we took advantage of the Criterion half-off sale at Barnes Noble, and one of the movies that we got was The Blob. Nice. Yeah. I hadn't seen that in a really long time. That one's still a lot Actually, of fun. you just mentioned that one last episode. I thought I said... Oh, wait, you said Son of the Blob, didn't you? Return yeah. of the Blob. Those are two different movies. Yeah. Okay, yep. That's right. Or you maybe it mentioned... was the Blob remake. I don't know. It was Yeah, something. I don't know. Who I think you just mentioned that you got it from Criterion. Yeah. Sorry. No, nobody listens to this show. Nobody knows what, they're, what we're saying. <clears throat> I finally got around to watching <laughs> Brimstone, which Ooh. was just like What'd you think? so uh, good. Fuck yes. I like, told you, Tim. So, so no, good. No, I mean, yeah, I figured you'd like it, but I didn't. I didn't yeah, really it like fucking it. kicked ass. Like, such a cool revenge story that just unfolds and unfolds and unfolds and like... It's so slow. It's just misery and loss piled on top of itself and... Yeah, it is just a vicious... It's like three hours. It's yeah. like two and a half hours. I, I thought it was I, three. I didn't like it. Yeah, Tim was like just did not like any bit of it. He kept It was leaving. fantastic. It, it, it helps that we watched it right on the heels of finishing Deadwood, so it was like... Oh, so it has like that western yeah, it, feel. And... It, it fucking complemented that just beautifully. Yeah, and it also helps, like, this is one of those movies where it helps, like, you can watch this in segments, because it actually breaks it up in X, yeah, which yeah. is cool. There's chapters, like Exodus and Genesis, and I don't remember the other ones, but, man, it was so good. Like, I think I want to give it a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, that oh, wow. that was a 10 for me when I after I watched it. I'm just like, holy Fuck. The performances and symbolism, the tone, uh, the guy used a lot of overhead shots, and I'm like a huge sucker for overhead shots. 
Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it or something. But. It's really long, and it, like, you know, it demands your patience or whatever, but it just, man. Like, Guy Pierce, dude. He was fucking creepy. Yeah, very creepy. Uh, and Dakota Fanning just... It was a little predictable that, like, I knew all of the big reveals before they happened, but it was still, like, cool the way it was filmed in that kind of memento, backwards fashion. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. just the performances alone were what sells this. And then there's, like, that whole mystery of, is he supernatural of some sort? Which I've read a couple of things where people are like, I thought there was a supernatural bend to it. Like, why? Why would you think that? Just <laughs> I, I think it's because of some of the things that when he, like, some of the events that happened to him, but then he somehow comes back. The throat slash? Yeah, like that. And I think there was something else that might have happened. There's nothing, like, there are a lot of westerns where people come back from throat slashes or being hanged for revenge. I mean, that's a pretty common plot device in a western. Yeah, because I... The only thing that could possibly, like, at the end where she sets him on fire. Yeah. And he just stands there. But I think that that's just because he's fucking insane. Like, completely, completely insane. You know? Right. I didn't yeah. get any kind of supernatural read from the yeah. movie at all. I didn't, because I, I didn't really look too much into <coughs> it. I just knew people were talking about there had, like, this supernatural element to it. And I I was kind of curious, because, yeah, like, the only thing I could think of, like you said, was the throat slash, the fire. I and, actually picked it up today on Blu-ray. Oh, did you? At Disc Replay, yeah. Wow, they had it at Disc Replay, nice. Yeah, they had a DVD copy, too, but... Yeah, because I bought, I think I ended up getting mine for, like... Nine ninety nine on Amazon because it was like one of those Amazon specials or something. And it just was on cheap, nice. so I jumped on it before I even seen it, just because I heard so much good. Well, we followed that up with uh, another Western revenge movie from recent years called The Keeping Room. That's on that uh, Alamo Draft House label. Oh, okay. That one was pretty all right. Nothing, I don't know, nothing great or fantastic, but. Really well acted, pretty cool, like, Civil War story about these three women that are just trying to survive on their property after the Civil War has ended and the South is, like, ravaged and the Northern soldiers are still making their way through the South, like, pillaging and destroying and stuff, and they're trying to survive during that. It was okay. Huh. That sounds interesting. It was all right. It was pretty all right. And then we watched uh, an earlier Hitchcock movie called Saboteur. Oh, I've, I've heard of that, that one. That was a good one. It was one of, like, he, a pretty common theme with him is the wrong man, like, you know, blamed for something horrible that has to prove his innocence, and he's on the run, and that's a pretty common theme for him, and that's one of the, it's one of those movies, but it's good, it's funny, it has a lot of funny moments, really nice. well shot. <clears throat> makes kind of a nice uh, companion piece to North by Northwest. They both end at historical landmarks, North by Northwest being at uh, Mount Rushmore and Saboteur being at Statue of Liberty. You know, I don't think I've ever actually seen North by Northwest. I just know a lot, like, quite a bit about it from listening to podcasts and stuff like that talk about it. It's really good. It's, like, one of the highest rated movies on... IMDb or maybe no it's one of the highest rated Hitchcock movies on IMDb I think it's the second what was it the second highest rated one or the third highest rated one yeah I haven't seen it 
it's like tied with psycho or it's after psycho and tied with something else for tied with north or uh rear window for second nice so that one was good if you haven't seen it give it a watch if you like hitchcock that's everything i've been watching okay. all right well tim i know you at least got one video game and i got a couple yeah uh well not really i mean nothing nothing worth mentioning i guess pretty much the same as always uh what have you been playing Oh, I, th- I thought you had something you were going to talk Good about. Good contribution. Well, I, I went back to playing an old game that I bought way back when it was in alpha. It's called Starbound. It's kind of like a pixel game. It's silly and fun, but yet challenging and I punishable. Starbound. Punishing. I don't really. No, it's not that old. No. <laughs> and it's not like anybody's ever heard of it before anyways. So it's one of those like, I remember independent Star Fox. developers. That was a classic game. But no, Scott, you've been just having games thrown at you like you're some sort of fucking video game whore. Oh, yeah. I mean, writing in the video game section of Pop Horror, I've been uh, getting review codes, so I've been playing a lot of games to review for these companies. And uh, Yeah, developers should send me stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll play more games and then talk about it here. Yeah. Right for Pop Horror, like I've been trying to convince you. But writing's hard. <laughs> yeah. Writing is dumb. My hands writing's will hurt. Writing's awesome. But, it uh, is, anyways, but God, it's frustrating. <laughs> uh, one of the games that I've been playing is uh, Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered Edition. Oh yeah, I was. Playing I remember that too. Red oh. Faction Two for GameCube. That was pretty cool. Yep, this one came out. I think this was the original Xbox PS2 one, and they remastered it for the PS4 and Xbox uh, Xbox One. Yeah, it was one of the first games that had like versus shooting, didn't it? Uh, not one of the first ones, oh, like, okay. uh, but it it was one of the first to have like. I think the original Red Faction is. Oh, actually, that might be. But yeah, I know like this one, like a lot, almost all the environments are like actually yeah, all the environments are completely destructible. Blow oh, that cool. shit up! Yeah, so you can walk up with a sledgehammer and just start hammering like the foundation, and they'll just come collapsing down, and anybody inside is killed. And it's it's a cool concept. It's a little dated in premise or right. in, in in execution, but. Still it's fun to play. Still fun to play, yep. Giant open world, lots of stuff to do. I played it for a good few hours when the remastered, yeah, remastered, remastered. came out. Yeah, Why does that... it just call it the fucking remastered or HD or some shit? Why do you gotta make me try to pronounce this crap? Remastered makes it <laughs> tough to talk. But, yeah, that was pretty good. I'm going to uh, expect my review of that one coming out soon. Um, next, I played one. I was not a fan, but I know a lot of people that probably would enjoy this type of game, and that is called Mother Gunship. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> It is a first-person roguelike bullet hell. Yeah, you sucked at that game. Oh, I, I was fucking terrible at it because you like. If you don't know what a bullet hell is, it means you are constantly on the move while trying to shoot enemies and not get hit yourself. Doesn't have regenerating shields like in Halo or anything like that. You got to find like shield pickups and health pickups like you would in Doom, and. Yeah, it's really cool. The roguelike part is that, if you've never played a roguelike, is you die, you start from the beginning. Levels are randomized, so you never know what you're going to be prepared for when you go in. But the cool part about this game is the gun customization is damn near endless. You can make a... You're basically a guy in a mech suit. And you can make one of his arms like a rocket launcher, machine gun, and a saw blade shooter. And then the other arm be a laser beam shooter and a minigun and something else. It's just like, you can have all sorts of crazy combinations of weapons. Huh. But, yeah, I really sucked at it, got frustrated, and um, 
going to write my review. I'm not going to be hard on it just for the fact that, you know, not my fault that I, or not their fault that I suck at the game. Yeah, you really did just suck at that game. Yeah, but uh, the next one I played was Moose Man, which is a uh, side-scrolling puzzle adventure that is uh, based on Russian uh, folklore. And you're basically a guy that, a, a guy, a shaman from a tribe that puts on this moose skull and can teleport <laughs> between worlds. Teleporting moose skull? Fuck. Yeah. And he goes to the underworld, the realm of the dead in the Russian folklore and has to like stop, like find a boss there. And then he goes to the realm, realm of the mortals. And then the final one is the realm of the gods. Weird. It's a weird, just... It's more just artistic and... You Russians worship moose? It's a Russian moose. No. Moose and square. But this is... Yeah, it was a pretty cool little game. Very artsy. Only took like two hours to beat, roughly. Uh, but then, the last game I'm going to talk about, it's uh, another roguelike, but this one is in the form of a Metroidvania, so Metroid Castlevania-style gameplay. Ah. And this is called Dead Cells. Oh, yeah. I saw you playing that. Yep. Uh, this one is so fucking fun. It has like 16 spot, uh, sixteen bit style graphics. And what is it? A downloadable game? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It will be available on Monday, I believe. So by the time you hear this, August 6th. And uh, this game is a hell of a lot of fun. 16-bit, really fast action, lots of upgrading. The only downside, and it's only if you're not a fan of this, is the roguelike, where when you die, you start from the very beginning, and you don't have any of what you've picked up throughout and built your character up with. Brutal. But you do pick up what are called blueprints throughout the game, and those blueprints can be brought back with you when you die. You start back over. And you can get some of the items right in the beginning and just continue doing that. And after a while, you'll just get better and better, stronger and stronger. But really cool. Graphic style is fucking awesome. Music is fucking awesome. Combat is really intense. And <clears throat> it's just like that side-scrolling Castlevania. Like Remember Metroid. Metroid and Castlevania? God <laughs> damn it. But this one, I definitely will recommend uh, a purchase. It's a really freaking cool game. Right it on. sounds pretty cool. Then that that is the li- end of my extensive list of gameplay. Extensive. Yep. So our final or not our final segment, but like our last smaller segment before we jump into the reviews. <laughs> the end of the show already. Damn. Randy's tunes from the crypt. Oh, don't even tunes <laughs> from the crypt. Jesus eh? Christ. <laughs> On this installment of. Dudes from the crypt. Oh shit! I don't even need to put an effect on that. <laughs> we'll be talking about American heavy metal band Manila Road. So anyway, Manila Road formed in the late '70s by Mark the Shark Shelton. The reason that I'm talking about them this week is because he died suddenly out of like nowhere last week. Kind of shocking and very upsetting for all of us in the metal community. Oh. How old was he? Not very old, in his 60s. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sucks. In his early 60s, too, I think. Uh, but, you know, Manila Road, been around since 1979 in demo form. The first album came out in 1980, Invasion. 
And then they pretty much, I mean, they put out like an album almost every year for quite a while there. They had 18 albums before the guy died. And wow. they're actually all good. I'm not like just saying that every single one of them is good. They're at least, every single one is at least a 7 out of 10. And most of them are like 8 out of 10 or higher. Uh, the reason that I mentioned this band, their first four albums have kind of like a fantasyful sci-fi thematic element going on uh they have a couple of horror themed songs and like on this on the third album crystal logic there's one called necropolis that's very famous that's kind of horror themed and then the next album has an album a uh, song called witch's brew but the fifth album deluge they start to have like a really heavy horror lyrical theme and that continues on for the next few albums like Deluge has a song called Dementia, Shadows in the Black, Hammer of the Witches, Isle of the Dead, Rest in Pieces and then Mystification has Haunted Palace, Spirits of the Dead, Mask of the Red Death based on oh, one, nice. of, yeah, one of my favorite stories, Up from the Crypt and Children of the Night. And, uh, Out of the Abyss has Whitechapel based on the Jack the Ripper murders, okay. Rites nice. of Blood, uh, let's see, Black Cauldron, uh, Midnight Meat Train, based on the Clive Barker oh, story. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of neat. They had a song based on Clive Barker in the mid-80s, like, I think maybe before anybody else. Wow. Midnight Meat so Manila Road was basically America's answer to bands like Iron Maiden and Merciful Fate. They're pretty much traditional heavy metal, epic heavy metal, power metal. They never really got, you know, heavier than that or whatever, but if you're into any of those genres of metal and I don't know, if you've not if you're not familiar with Manila Road, you should check them out if you like bands like Iron Maiden or Accept or I'd never heard of them before, but they seem pretty cool. I dug it. That's the yeah. A lot of people haven't heard of them for whatever reason. They never like they've been around forever, and they got a weird name. Yeah, that's kind of part of what's maybe kept them down over the years. Is a lot of people are turned off by the, the weird name. Like that doesn't sound like a metal band name or whatever. But we're just having all sorts of beer accidents today, Scott. Oh, don't hit shit. At least I didn't spill anything. So rest in peace, Mark the Shark Shelton. Go listen to Manila Road. And I'm definitely going to now because yeah, that one song that you introduced us to was pretty good. Yeah, that was cool. Dug it. Uh, all right, so I guess it is time to dig into our comic book adaptation review, uh, movie reviews. We're going to be starting off with 1993's The Cemetery Man, or Delamore Delamore. Francesco della Morte. I don't know how the epidemic started. All I know is that some people, on the seventh night after their death, come back to life. Is it true what they say? That the dead come back to life here at night? With your consent, I'd like to marry Nagy. Not as long, dear, as I've got a breath in my body. We'll fix that right away. 
dead. If you don't want the dead coming back to life, why don't you just kill the living? Are you listening to me? Don't you believe me? No. Tough. So the first film that we'll be discussing tonight on the comic book episode is Mikhail Suave's 1994 zombie comedy masterpiece, Cemetery Man. Uh, <laughs> earlier, Scott said 93. I really thought it was 93. It's not his fault. It's my fault. Oh, oh, thank you for taking the blame. Aww. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so Cemetery Man is my fifth favorite Italian horror film of all time. It's, fifth favorite, really? Yeah, it's like only after... Uh, the Beyond and City of the Living Dead and Deep Red and Suspiria. Wow. Yeah, so it's got some pretty stiff competition, but it's my favorite 90s horror film, bar okay. none. Huh. Um, it's based on the popular comic book Dylan Dog, written by Tiziano Sclavi. Tiziano Sclavi? Yeah, okay. I've never <laughs> actually read any Dylan Dog. I kind of want to because this movie is so great. But, yeah, a lot of people don't even realize that it's based on a comic book. It is the character of Francesco Della Morte appeared in an issue of Dylan Dog and then later had, like, his own miniseries or something like that. Okay, because I was wondering the correlation of what made this part of Dylan Dog universe. The uh, Francesco Della Morte character popped up in there once. So. Uh, hmm. The music in this was originally, it was supposed to be done by Tangerine Dream, but they had other commitments. So Ricardo Bizio and Manuel De Sica did the music. And there's <laughs> actually a music cue in the movie at one point that sounds very much like one of Tangerine Dream's musical cues from Michael Mann's Thief starring James Caan. Oh, okay. So that's, I mean, if yeah, you can't the music get... Is- if you can't get Tangerine Dream, get the next <laughs> best Copy thing. him. Copy him, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. The, the music is really good in the this. The score is very, very cool. Very good. Um, the effects are done by a few different people, but the most notable person on the effects team is Sergio Stivaletti. Of what he's, he mostly works with. Argento, like in an on Argento projects. So he did the effects on Demons and Demons Two and oh, Opera nice. and the Church. Huh. But then he also did a lot of later Argento stuff, like Phantom of the Opera and the Card Player and Do You Like Hitchcock and Mother of Tears. Which the effects on there are still good. Yeah, the effects in Mother of Tears are super gory and cool. Very and even cool. some of the ones in Phantom of the Opera. S- yeah. So. uh Directed by Michel Suave, who is also famous for The Church and Stage Fright. Yes, both awesome films. Yeah, the guy didn't do much. I think he did another one called The Sect. I don't really yeah, think I, I saw that one. I remember hearing about that one. But all accounts say that I'm not missing much. He didn't do much. He's kind of like the Italian version of Fred Decker. Like He made a huge splash with just a little body of work. And is still talked about and revered to this day based on, you know, three little movies that he did a long time ago. Right. He also, I mean, he was an actor as well. You can see him in a lot of classic Italian horror, like Demons. Yep, he was the 
the guy the him, guy out yeah, tickets. He's in City of the Living Dead. He's in the car with the girl that pukes her guts out. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Nice. So he is, you know, well-connected in the horror world. He's been in a lot of stuff and done a lot of stuff. Cemetery Man is... <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, this movie's so bizarre. interesting and weird and mm. surreal and, like, so much cool symbolism and imagery. and A lot of, I think, symbolism. I, kind I of, kind I think... of like an allegory for not pursuing your life, really, and just kind of yeah. lulling into a little comfort nook and staying there or whatever i mean maybe i'm off base on as to what that what it's about but that's what it seems like it's about well, to me and i think tim thought of something different didn't you think well, it was kind of like madness i honestly think a good part of this movie I, I i don't know if it's too deep or what but i i just i think it went over my head or i didn't get it or something it was it got really weird near the end. It is really like, weird. What it's, the fuck is going? Yeah, and you thought it was like in his head. It's very yeah, well. Like, it is. Is this it's even real? Like what the hell is happening? Dreamlike and cerebral, and it it kind of like beats American Psycho to the punch in the whole like is he doing this or is he not doing this? Is this really happening? Right. <laughs> Basically, it's about a man named Francesco de la Morte who is the caretaker at a cemetery in Buffalaro, Italy. And he lives there with his buddy Nagi, and they watch the cemetery. And I love Nagi. Corpses uh, that are buried in the cemetery have a tendency to rise from the dead between seven and 14 yeah. days after they're yep. buried or whatever. So he keeps them from leaving the cemetery, and you know that's his life or whatever. And he, he falls in love with this woman whose husband has Holy been recently God. buried. Which, holy crap, how many, like, how fast did he fucking fall in love, too? Well, and that's like, you know, that's kind of a classic movie, a golden age of movies thing. Like, people meet and they fall in love in the next scene or whatever, you know? Right, but it is, it just, like, it was hilarious. Yeah, they're telling each other they love each other, but, holy shit, this, this woman. Wow. She's very attractive. She's nuts, though. Very, very attractive. and nuts, but yes, but yeah, she's very beautiful. And he meets her in like three different incarnations throughout the film. You know, he yeah. Meet, yeah. He what meets the hell her is that about? as the grieving widow, and then he meets her as the new mayor's secretary, and then he meets her as the college girl. I don't get that. Like, yeah, it's I, like you said. You know, it's maybe it's all in his head, and maybe this he's just built this world for himself in his head because he's so lonely, lonely. and despondent and fucking like, oh, my only friend is a mute, blithering idiot that eats giant piles of it's like oh. nagi invented the fucking uh <laughs> nagi's so fucked up what, what do they call that kfc bowl thing oh yeah, yeah the, the, the famous famous bowl, yeah, famous bowl. <laughs> nagi invented the famous bowl in the mid 90s he just piles food on a plate and eats it and, <laughs> and make sure there was some up close shots of it too uh, <laughs> but yeah nagi was crazy <laughs> Even with just, like, that actor, just the little things that he said, like, nah! <laughs> just the way he reacts was great. The symbolism <laughs> in the movie is fantastic. Uh, lots of really cool, surreal imagery. And it it borrows from a couple of things, like uh, Psychomania, the British biker horror yeah. film, when the dude bursts out of his grave on yeah. the motorcycle. That's a total nod to Psychomania. Holy shit, I didn't even think about <laughs> that. Scott missed a reference. And then, like, it's it's incredibly funny, like, hilariously yeah. funny. Like, when he is, 
when he first meets the widow or whatever, and she's walking away, and he he gets her attention by saying something about the ossuary. And <laughs> you want to see my ossuary? Uh, you want to see my ossuary? Really nice ossuary. That was actually <laughs> a real ossuary that they were in. All of those skulls and all that shit was that was real. That was oh, not, that's cool. Not set dressing. Ugh. And one of the scenes that I <laughs> I just lost it at was when uh, Nagi unburies the mayor's daughter, and then all of a sudden the head just start like the head starts oh, it's talking like to following, and then just follows follow, them. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> we were talking about that when we were watching it, and like I wonder funny. how they achieved that effect. Was it an RC car or like that? that that's the only thing on I can a think rope of or something yeah, weird. Something it looked like an RC car or, or whatever. Yeah. But that just, I, I lost it when I seen that happen. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, like, okay, a lot about this movie is incredibly confusing and just, like, there's there's no real context for any of it. Like, why does why do the people in this cemetery come back from the dead, you right. know? Um, one of the theories is the roots. Like, it shows the roots in the ground a lot. I forget what kind of tree it is. Like, uh, what the fuck are the... The roots, the mandrake, some kind of oh, I some mean, kind of man, duh, 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 some kind of <laughs> some kind of root like that, some type of man root. Yeah, man so roots. One of the theories is that that is the reason that the dead return to the li- to the to to life in that cemetery, and the ending is really confusing to uh, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it almost reminded me of like a. Like, well, it's okay. It's lifted from fucking saint elsewhere which was like a decade before that the the weird hospital soap opera oh. that ended in a snow globe that some autistic kid had i so, did not know okay. that see i was thinking more along the lines of like huh. evil dead where all of a sudden just the bridge curled up and there was nothing you could do to get across and right the only like it kind of or it's like the ending of the new heart show or something you know <laughs> the new heart show yeah but he's like trapped there forever just guarding the cemetery and that's part of what makes me feel like the symbolism and like the th- the allegory theme of the film is that you're you get stuck in a rut, not living and not pursuing your passions and your life or whatever, and you just you waste your life in the small little town where you grew up and doing shitty jobs or whatever. Wow, that makes sense. Uh, I never would have thought that though. I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, that's just what I read from it. And, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, so... Sure you don't. But you've seen this movie probably, uh, I'm guessing, at least ten times. Yeah, probably about that. It's really great. I love it. I watch yeah. it usually annually. Yeah, this was a Annual. first-time watch for both Tim and I. I've been wanting to see it for a very long time. But, obviously, like, it's very hard to come by right now. And, <laughs> like, Ooh. I had to watch it the unfortunate way of streaming which i didn't really want to do but it was halfway decent quality though yeah. it's weird that rupert everett is in it because he i mean he was kind of like a rom-com hollywood golden boy for a minute there after this oh okay yeah i, I was trying to, uh, i forget which fucking he was in some goddamn julie roberts movie or something i don't fucking remember but he actually approached suave to do an american remake Really? Shortly after this, and the studio was like, yeah, we'll do it, but only if you cast Matt Dillon. <laughs> really? Yeah, Matt so that fell through. Oh. Wow. That would have been kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't would've do that. Would have been weird. Yeah. Yeah this, had, yeah, this had a lot of like fun moments. Like The gore gags were really cool. Like, gore is very cool. Lots of cool head shots. And... 
Well, yeah, you have to shoot them in the head. So that's the only way they'll die. Yep, and then just, just like, uh, his weird obsession. Like, With the phone book? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's what the only the book hell? he's ever read, he says. He's, I just, like, These books are classics. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's just, I mean, this movie is quirky and weird, and it has an odd sense of humor. Yeah, like. That's... Thing. Fucking, he falls in love with a woman who says she can only love an impotent man. Oh, so he, yeah. He goes oh, to a doctor yeah. to try to get the guy to chop his cock off and he uh, won't do it. And then she falls in love with someone else right afterwards. Yeah, the mayor that, that she, she works for rapes her and he's like, oh, I guess I like sex after all. Sorry. <laughs> we can still be friends, though. So fucking weird. Yeah, it was so goddamn bizarre. <laughs> like, he goes to the hospital to see his buddy who has taken the oh, credit yeah. for his murders and, and just like starts-, starts shooting people. And then his buddy is like, I don't know you yeah. go away. So that's another thing that like, is this all in his head? Is he yeah. fucking crazy? This whole thing's weird. Yeah. And he killed what? Like five people right then and well, there. Yeah. At least three, two nurses and a doctor. Yeah. yeah. And then like, he's even trying to like get himself caught and just like, well, telling this fu- fucking detective the, like, yeah, I I where they're this. going the in the opposite hilarious. way on the staircase is the text was like, Oh, you've got a gun. Good. 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 You can protect us. yourself. Yeah. There's a shooter in here. Oh, good. You have a gun. You can protect yourself. That was great. <laughs> that detective's so clueless. Unless he wasn't really the killer. I, I, I can't quite figure that part out. Yeah, like, like you said, this I I really do like as we're talking about. It, I think it is just diving into madness because I mean, for one, he was reading the damn phone books that that you'd have to be just kind of crazy to just read that over he and went over on, like, again. A spree just killing killing people from the phone book. Well, a lot of people that he thinks that he killed, he had to have killed, like those college girls and the people in the hospital, and like. Maybe he didn't kill the people in town. Like, maybe his buddy actually did kill those people, but he definitely killed the college girls and the people in the hospital. Right. But, yeah, just, like... But I think that's just, like, him slipping into madness because, you know, he has that uh, scene with Death who talks to him. Right. Which, that that, that scene, scene is really great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, the ashes from the little bonfire, like, forming into the visage of Death. Yeah, and just, like, Stop. the way it's killing animated and everything is just really cool but yeah like because then you see him talking to the statue later which he thought was death and then nagi comes up and he's just talking to a statue and then at the end after uh they come to the end of the road or whatever nagi can speak and he's the dumb one yeah oh yeah yeah. that was weird so very very strange movie very open to interpretation uh, it's you know it's one of those things that the author kind of leaves it in your hands to decide I think probably yeah yeah because I it's been out for long enough that you think there'd be someone that would have like cracked that clue if like he wanted someone to like <clears throat> figure it out like if there was a special <laughs> meaning that he had <clears throat> I really can't say enough good things about this one it's extremely funny and gorgeous to look at and well shot well acted cool effects cool score. Yeah, this is, for me, first time watch, all around enjoyable as hell. I am glad that I finally got a chance to see this one. Yeah. What I'm, would you I'm, score it? Oh, man. Um, I would score it probably about an 8.75 right now oh, out of 10. Okay. And, but yeah, just for all the things we said, just 
Like, it's up to your imagination on what the hell is going on in this movie. Like, you can break it down in so many different ways. The story is entertaining. The acting is fun. Uh, it's got that weird Italian quirk to it that most film, like most uh, Italian filmmakers right, has. Like the like, inexplicable stuff like the beyond and... Yeah, and well, like, even just the way it's shot, too, like, a lot of up-close shots of eyes and things like that, but it, yeah, this was... That opening shot where the phone is ringing and the camera comes back through the phone cord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) that whole, that one shot, fucking David Fincher based his entire directorial career around that (laughs) shot. Every single David Fincher movie has... Some weird shot where it's like tight in on a bunch of little objects like that and pans out. In Fight Club, it's like a trash can or something. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. A lot of this is just really well shot too, well acted, funny, good gore gags, and just likable characters all around for the most part. Even if you don't really like uh, what's his name, De- uh, Delamorte. Francesco Delamorte. Yeah, Francesco Delamorte. Even if you don't like him, you st- there's still something about him that is enjoyable. But, yeah, all around, this is definitely, an, what did I say, an 8.75? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. How about you, Tim? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, despite the fact that I, I might just be too dense to understand this movie, um, it was really well acted, and it was funny in parts. Like, I laughed at a couple spots in it. Uh, yeah. Good, good watch. I didn't not enjoy it. Uh, gonna give it an eight, even eight. Not bad. It's a nine point seven five for me. Well, I was expecting a ten. Yeah, we all knew you liked this one. One of my favorites. It's in my top twenty-five horror films. My favorite horror film of the nineties. Highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, this is definitely a must search out. Search out and watch. I'd say if you're gonna, you're gonna. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, but you are also like. New to this, and you haven't really seen too much Italian horror, which, that, that'll change eventually. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess we can move on to our... Uh... Well, in a lot of ways, I, you know, just a little end cap on this, it's kind of the culmination of Italian horror. Like, Suave worked with Argento and Bava and a lot of the, like, old maestros, and he came up in their ranks in the 80s and whatnot and watching all them work, and he... He took what he learned from all those guys and he cut his teeth on stage fright and the church. And just like when he made this movie, he it was just like a perfect storm of everything that he'd learned and all of that Italian shock history coming together in the 90s. Right. Yeah, that is a perfect way to sum it up. Because, huh. yeah, that's I, I still think stage fright is my favorite of his of those three, the church and this one, but Cemetery Man is after a couple more watches might crawl right up there. I like Stage Fright a lot, but it's my third favorite after Cemetery Man and the Church. I've uh, yeah, I've not seen those other two, but hey, at least <laughs> I've seen this one. Off to a good start, right? You got one of the three, yeah. All right, well, so. yeah. And uh, before we go here, I just want to say uh, you gave it a nine point seven five, Randy. Tim gave it a uh, straight up eight, and I gave it an eight point seven five. It has traveled across time and space. An energy force unlike any in the universe.
inhabit. I'm picking up a contact. 12 miles out. Speed zero knots. It's dead in the water, but it's big. It's really big. I don't get it. I mean, we got a Russian vessel, middle of nowhere, dead in the water, crew vanished. I mean, why the hell would they abandon ship, huh? Shh. You hear that? We don't find any dead bodies. We got somebody else on board. Repeat, we got somebody else on board. That's who sank the tug. Drop it. Eight days ago, during a transmission from the Mir space station, something came onto the ship. I took control of computers. He was learning. Learning what? How to kill us. Somebody welded the engine room door shut. What is it? High-tech robotics. Get back! Now, in order to survive... It's creating a new life form. What? It wants us for spare parts. It must destroy the one threat... Oh, my God. ...to its existence. I'm gonna die! The virus called man. What's wrong with you? Nothing now. So our final review of this comic book adaptations from the 90s is a movie from 1999 called Virus, Virus. which was based <laughs> off a comic book also by the name Virus. I don't remember its comic book, uh, how long it ran for, but I think I, it was just a short run. Okay. Cause I had like three or four issues of it when I used to collect comics back in the day. And that's what made me want to watch this back in the 90s. Oh. Like when I first heard about it, because as soon as I seen it, I'm like, oh, this could be cool, because the comic books are really cool. Well, apparently Chuck Farrer, the guy that wrote the comic book, had like written this as a screenplay before he even did it as a comic book, but felt that it was too ambitious and decided to do it as a comic, and then it got optioned as a film anyway. Oh, okay. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of funny, because I've like done that with... A, a screenplay that I wrote. I've been trying to find someone to animate it and just do it as a graphic novel, but I can't fucking find anybody to do it. Just talk to one. I talked to him. He doesn't. I mean, it's it's a big project. Oh, that's true. It's gonna take months. But yeah, this is a film that was directed by John Bruno, who really is biggest uh, contributions were like special or visual effects for The Abyss. True Lies, Cliffhanger. Surprise, surprise. That's where this movie shines is the fact that it has actual Yeah, the effects look yeah. fucking ass. Yeah. yeah, that's where this movie really is awesome. That's Yeah, it's really the only reason to watch the movie. Yeah. Let's not split hairs here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much. <laughs> but yeah, it stars... It's actually got a pretty decent cast. The cast is... Yeah, the cast is very impressive. That's, that's I mean, the got, thing, like, with, with... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we got Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously famous for Halloween, right? And Donald she, Trump, and she, Night and Terra Trans. And Jamie Lee's like nipping for like a good half the movie. <laughs> that she is Sutherland <laughs> from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, and uh, 
just many, many films. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, that of all that the ones you bring that joke. one up. <laughs> but the supporting cast, is, we've got a lot of like really cool character actors, like Joanna Pacula from this uh, really cool '80s horror movie called The Kiss. She plays like the main, like the demon lady that's trying to usurp this family. Huh. Oh. I don't think I've ever seen that one. That's really good. Uh, Marshall Bell is in a ton of stuff. He's in Freddy's Revenge. He's like the sadistic gym teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where I recognized him from. And uh, Verhoeven uses him in a lot of stuff. Like he's in Starship. Oh, yeah, he Troopers. is in Starship Troopers. Yeah. yeah. And there was Billy Baldwin. Marshall <laughs> Bell is in tons and tons of shit. You'll recognize him. <laughs> also, Julio, Julio Oscar Macosa. Macoso. <clears throat> He's the only reason I really mention him is because he's in the most memorable segment of Larry Clark's Ken Park, which is basically kind of like an anthology with actual hardcore sex that's about like teenagers and their promiscuity and shit. And one of the segments is about this girl that is banging these two different dudes and her her dad is like this weird religious nut and keeps her all cloistered since her mom died and shit. And he comes home early one day and finds her fucking this kid. That's all she has him like tied to the bed, you know, cause you know, it's about teenagers and their promiscuity and the fact that they're not just like innocent little darlings or whatever. And he walks up to this kid that's tied to the bed and starts beating the shit out of him and, like, biting him and stuff. Jesus. Yeah, it's a really intense scene. Weird. So. It was weird to see <laughs> that guy doing something different. Because that's yeah. all I can think of when I see that guy. Yeah, and then, like <sighs> Tim said, we got William Baldwin, one yeah. of the Baldwins. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, yeah. He's known for backdraft and fair game. Those fucking Baldwins, man. They're just, like, <laughs> they're just there. They, they are. I the mean, thing is, though, I mean, with with all the good people in this movie, the acting just oh, never man. really was on. It Dude, was bad. Donald Sutherland's accent is fucking comes and goes. Horrible. Yeah, it's there. It's not. Oh, it's yeah. thick. It's thin. What even? What even is it? Is he Irish? I don't know. It, yeah, it, it I, takes one shitty director. Is my fucking boat. Like, I don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be, but come, I think yeah. the only one that did okay was Jamie Lee Curtis, but like. It, she, didn't she just mostly him. screamed a bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah like she that, that's her thing. Man, she's like, but Donald Sutherland, man, what the hell? That, like, I was expecting because I I hadn't seen this in, since the nineties, and I was expecting, oh yeah, Donald Sutherland. I only remembered the effects. I see why I only remembered the effects. <sighs> yeah. This is one yeah. of those cool creaturey movies from the nineties, like Mimic and the, the Relic. Relic. That you know, I, there was like a handful of them that all came out around the same time, and. Yeah. Mostly practical effects, lots of cool fucking, like, biomech gore. I feel like if this movie came out now, it would go straight to sci-fi. Probably something, you know. All CG. It came out in the right era, though, because, like, the MPAA had really just started to cool off on castrating the violence out of movies. Right. I feel like this one kind of got away with a lot of shit that would have been trimmed out just a decade before, you know? Right, and it was also... uh... Like, not only that, but it also had, like, it was right at that time where CGI was just really kind of making its way into film. Yeah, there There's was... a bit of CG, and you can see it, but it's like... It's not 
horrible and like offensive. Like one I've of the seen. scenes where the giant creature is bursting through the door, you can tell that that's CG, but it's oh, yeah, terrible. Yeah. I remember that. Right, scene, you just yeah. know it's there, but yeah, it's not offensive or anything like that. But yeah, the special effects are what really sell this film. The gore effects, the creature, the story is cool because the story is basically this Russian ship full of like all this like high tech technology. It's lots of laboratories. The, the mirror station. Yeah, yeah, it's like a mirror science station or. Yeah, they end up like contacting with a satellite up in space, or what they think some is some sort sat- of like satellite blue lightning bolt thing. Oh no, they're contacting. Yes, yeah, somewhat. Aren't there a spaceship? Yeah, okay. it's they're linked to a, a space station to the mirror yeah. space station. And then yeah, this weird energy source just kind of takes over the ship and shoots like, down into the boat. And then yeah, later on, it's a virus. It's yeah. not the virus though. No, no, man, man is the virus. Man is virus. <laughs> and like, oh, so the robot thing kind of reminds me of a cross between Ed 209 and Kane from Robocop 2. So it's like the robot and Robocop and the robot and Robocop 2 mixed together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, it's, it, it talks like Ed it, 209. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. But then it, it squeals like Ed 209 too. The, the weird pig squealy thing. Oh, that it does. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then, yeah, the the crew of a scavenger, uh, people that go out to the scavenge these old derelict ships, stumble across it during, which was the most ri- ridiculous, like, <coughs> hurricane into the middle of an eye of a storm hurricane yeah. <laughs> scenario that it, it just seemed so weird and ridiculous, but, you know, made for the plot of the story. Donald to- Sutherland pulls a fucking gun. Yeah, like, you can tell he's just, like, a psychotic asshole from the beginning. That's just all about greed, because he wants to scavenge this ship and kill anybody that's on it. And, yep, then all the awesome effects, because this thing has been taken over for a while and it was high-tech. And just starts making biomechanical monsters of all sorts. Little, little camera spiders, shit, little yeah. flying mosquito-type creatures with, like, fleshy, membranous wings. and Yeah, it's got, like, some section of the ship turned into this grisly fucking workshop where yeah, we're taking the corpses parts. of the crew and mixing them with, like, mechanical parts. And <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. Not bad, though. Yeah, like I said, if it wasn't for these effects and everything, this movie would be a failure big time. Like yeah. I said, straight to sci-fi. Absolutely. The only reason to watch the movie is to just pretty constant stream of cool effects like once they start it's pretty steady throughout the rest of the movie yeah yeah and like uh the whole thing with donald sutherland become uh conforming mm. to one of those right that was so stupid man it was but what I, did I, he I, think that he was going to have well, that meeting about exactly yeah. well i remember i i swore i remember him being like the final bad but it was it was like halfway through the movie yeah <laughs> He looked so stupid after they did that to him, too. When they put his head on the other guy's body. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, some of the... Yeah, like you said, the Donald Sutherland acting especially is just so cringeworthy. Nobody, like, nobody none of the characters... acted well. Like, yeah. I mean, they could. They obviously were good actors, but I don't think the director really pushed them to act like they could have. Right. I think a lot of these people were there for a paycheck. Yep, and cocaine. There's probably lots of cocaine. That, too. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Randy. But no, that I don't really have much else to say about this. Do you guys? Uh, 
I don't know. I boats. God, I boats like are cool. Talk about it more. <laughs> I know. I don't bit. feel like we had. I like. Okay. I like the idea of a boat as a setting because yeah. there is no escape. There's nowhere to run. That's it, right? They're trapped. You're in the middle of the ocean. Pure isolation. Yeah. I mean, a lo- very few movies have made good use of that setting either, especially in the horror world. I mean, you've got like Jason Takes Manhattan and Death Ship and Ghost Ship. I mean, fuck, I'm scared of boats like normally. It's the implication. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) All right, Dennis. Well, yeah, it's, it's not a well utilized setting and that's unfortunate because it's a very cool setting. Right. Because there is nowhere to run and there is no escape. I mean, the only more helpless setting that I can think of would be a spaceship, you know? Yeah. Well, so. yeah, yeah. Spaceships are spooky. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like out in the middle of nowhere in the massive ocean. And yeah, their boat sunk. So good luck surviving and getting off of that. So the setting is kind of cool. The score is like whatever. It's your mm-hmm. typical action adventure 90s score. Yeah, I it was... <coughs> just there. I don't really remember it. A yeah. lot of, and that's the biggest problem with this movie is that a lot of it is just there. You know, yeah. it's like a great cast that's just, just there. They showed up, kind yeah. of, and yeah, it's during the '90s when getting big names for horror films was like the thing. Like, because you know, Scream kind of kicked that off with uh, the floating head faces on VHS covers, and <laughs> Virus even has that, like, the floating heads next to the ship and everything. Right. They're like, we're famous, watch this movie. Yep, that's pretty much because everybody that was famous wanted to, like, start doing horror films after Scream, because Scream was such a huge success that even, like, bigger name stars were willing to, like, do that to get their name out there even more. Well, and- I really can't say enough cool stuff about the effects in the movie. Like, the gore is pretty... Pretty awesome. Like it kind of reminded me of the, like, like not the, uh, the gore itself, but like some of the scenes kind of reminded me of something from John Carpenter's The Thing, with just like the like up close shots of some of these like deformed bodies and just right like on. the way like what was it the skull like shoots out of that one guy's head like after it was like they thought they destroyed it right <laughs> it has those kind of like weird what the fuck moments from. What the John Carpenter's the thing gives There's you? There's some kind of grisly stuff in it, though, like plucking people's brains out and people getting their organs punched out. Yeah. And, yeah. Like stuff that, like I said, that they just would not have gotten away with a decade earlier. They probably right. would have just cut the balls right off this movie. Yeah, this was, you know, fun watch. Um, it wasn't horrible. I mean, it wasn't great. The no, it's bad. So, but... And I just couldn't shake the feeling that like this movie was just made for somebody to get a quick cash in on like some sort of big craze at the time or something. Like there wasn't a whole lot of actual effort put into the movie side of it. The special effects were great. I can't even really think of what trend it could have been capitalizing on yeah, at the time, I don't know other either. than like boat movies like U five seven one. I'm on a boat. Hunt for Red October, stuff like that. But it was like even half a decade after most of those. Maybe it was just right. half-assed. Maybe just, Event half-assed Horizon, because wasn't Event Horizon around that time, too? Maybe. It was, and it kind of has a little bit in common with that and the like the gore factor. And... <clears throat> I don't know. I never really had heard of this movie until now. Maybe the unknown director just kind of killed it or something. Right. Well, he did a good job with the effects. If yeah, he I was going to say, I mean, he was a visual effects artist more than a director. So. Huge fucking effects team on yeah. this movie. 36 different names. Um, I didn't really recognize any of them, but they all did a good job. 
For sure. Yeah. For yeah, sure. The, the teamwork that it took to create some of these. Those guys made this fucking movie. And everybody else involved was just kind of there. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess we could dive into ratings now. It feels kind of short, but this film really doesn't have much to say. On yeah, it. there's not much more to discuss. Like, you know, there isn't the plot isn't, you <laughs> yeah. know, there's not much of a plot. There, no. There's it's survive. It's, it's it's your typical plot. You like and it, it happens exactly like, like you'd you mentioned the it. thing, and it's kind of like the thing, and that this thing wants to like spread to a populace, and they're trying to keep it from getting to the populace or whatever. Right, and yeah, it's the uh, it's more a showcase for the visual effects. That's, yeah, that's yep, about it. I think much. that was it. The effects team was just wanking. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, for my review, since I since it's the movie I chose. Um, I'm going to let you go first, Randy. You let me go first on yours. I give it a seven. Oh. <laughs> 7.25. All right. How about you, Tim? Uh, well, uh, yeah, the effects really are the only redeeming quality to this movie. The plot's just kind of meh, and the acting was just kind of meh. Uh, I'm going to say... 6.75. All right, and I'm going to be be in between you guys at a just straight 7. This is yeah, fun watch. I own it. Yeah, I I'd probably pick it up for a I couple watch dollars it every few years or so. <clears throat> it's a fun watch. It's not yeah, it's I made it all the way made it all the way through it lame or anything. Didn't think this right. sucks at any point in time. It just no, I think you and I great. just had more fun making fun of Donald, Donald Sutherland's yeah, he was bad. Uh, so bad. accent more than anything. We're going to make $30 million. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, then the next scene, he's just like, I'm nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, oh. he just did not do it well at all. The accent didn't stick. Yeah, so uh, we'll move into what we will be doing next week. Next or week. Next episode, I should say. And it is Heavy, heavy Metal, metal Horror. Yeah, it's going to be rad. So Sweet. what did you choose, Randy? The Gate. Yes. <laughs> Tibor Takas' The Gate. Fucking super rad. Little demons and shit. Tim, you will enjoy this movie. And I, I will be right. shocked if you have actually not seen this one. So, like, I, you might recognize it. You're going to uh, like it. Maybe. I don't know. We fucking have Stephen If you don't like Dorf. it, we're going to kill you on the <laughs> podcast. Cool. Sacrifice. That'll get us ratings. Yeah. And then I'm going for Knowable. a more newer film that... I also think Tim might have seen, and that's Deathgasm. Deathgasm's pretty sweet. That sounds familiar as shit. I don't know. The movie is so good. Well, so hey, fun. it's going to be a good time then. Yep, so before we head out, I want to give our plugs, so check us out. We are now on the Legion Podcast Network's website. At, I think it's legionpodcast.com slash cemetery. Uh, we actually have, you can find our articles there now. Uh, I'm still going to keep us on Podbean because we've, I'm a couple months still before our subscription runs out with them. So eventually I will transfer the people that are listening through Podbean over to Legion's uh, feed. So that way you guys can find us still and whatnot. Oh, so um, confusing. But yeah, we are, <laughs> you can check out, we'll be posting our episodes on the Legion podcasts, Facebook page. Um, you can check us out on our personal Facebook page, the podcast by the cemetery. It's become a pretty active group in there and it's been really awesome. I'll drop news pieces. Randy yeah. will drop what he's been watching and yep. All sorts of cool shit. Tim will randomly post stuff in there. Come join us. Yes. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
We also we are also on Twitter at Podcast Cemetery. Check us out there. I'm not very active on it right now, but I'll try to be a little more here and there. Twatter. Uh, and then you can also email us at the podcast by the cemetery at gmail.com if you want any want to just reach out to us for anything. Write us a book. Yeah. Write us a book. Tell us how awesome we are and all that cool shit. <laughs> yeah. But okay. until next time. Last one out closes the coffin door. See ya.